Hey, welcome to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. This week on the Cuzcast, we'll be discussing Nebraska basketball, some JUCO players ready to make an impact, and we got to bring up our poll question on Twitter. So first things first, here we are, coming off the heels of a loss to Ohio State, five-point loss. Exciting game. Well, it was fun for 37 minutes anyway. Derek, what did you think of this game? You know, I it really it was uh, it was a good it was a well played game. Uh, Ohio State at home has averaged winning their games by seventeen points, and we held them within five. They were averaging scoring eighty two points a, a game at home, and we held them down to sixty nine or sixty four. I'm sorry. Uh, overall, I thought we played pretty well, but we we. We shot way too many three points. Mm-hmm. I mean, 20, we, were, we were like eight out of twenty nine, I think. Eight out of twenty seven or twenty seven. I well, ESPN said we shot twenty nine, but uh, Ohio State shot even worse than we did on three. They shot two of fourteen, but after fourteen, when they realized they weren't making them, they stopped shooting them. I don't know why Nebraska didn't do the same thing. You probably could have won that game if you just taken some high, more high percentage shots, but I, I'll take it. I mean, it was a, it was a good game. It was fun to watch. I thought overall they played pretty well. Palmer was just a scoring machine. Unfortunately, he was the only one that could score points. So it's pretty hard to win when you only get one guy scoring. Yeah, we, we need uh, more uh, shot makers there. Hey, Tyler, what did you think? Well. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch the whole game, but what I saw, you know, Palmer started off. I mean, that guy, I mean, you know, we've debated who's the best Husker. And I mean, he's making a strong case that he is their best player. But, you know, we went on the road in a game that none of us really gave us a shot and we competed down the wire. Um, You know, and that's what you ask. I mean, this would have been a nice win in the cap for the season. Um, It wasn't by any means a must win. And you hate to play the moral victory when you're looking at making the NCAA tournament, but a lot of ways it was. We went on the road in a game that we probably outplayed a lot of expectations and really showed that we are at the caliber of the upper tier of the Big Ten. Well, Tyler, in that game, we were 11.5-point underdogs, and so losing by five, thats I think that's a respectable loss there. Uh, and as far as shot makers go, you know, I was looking in the Big Ten conference rankings today for scorers, and in the top 30, Nebraska only has one player in the top 30. That's James Palmer. He's seventh with 16.6 uh, points a game. Uh, you know, we got Copeland in there that he might be top 35, I guess. But uh, we talked about overachieving last week. And with the scoring, you know, it's another uh, uh, it's another area where we knew that we had concerns. It was just uh, scoring in general. And, yeah, we definitely need some dudes there. Uh, Consistency needs to get better, basically. You know, we have, we have games where Watson looks pretty, pretty good. We have games where Copeland looks really good. Uh, Anton Gill looks good in some games, but nobody's consistent except for Palmer. 
Gil was pretty bad at three-pointers. He was. In this he, he was. And he, I actually was pretty good, pretty bad shooting altogether. I think he was only like one for seven off our shooting total. Yeah. You know, the, the thing about the Ohio State game, though, is, is it continues a trend of us losing on the road. And right now we're five and four in conference play, and we have nine games left, four of which are on the road. We probably need to win seven of those to make the tournament. Um, you know, maybe we get in with six. Uh, we, we've got to find a way to win some games. And if we're going to do that, we've got to win a couple of these games on the road down the stretch. You're absolutely right. Uh, you know, we're one in six on the road so far this year. And that's, and that's not counting the neutral site games. That's just counting true road games. I, and that's not good. Our only win is against Min, uh, Northwestern. At home, we play strong. We're 12-1 and one at home. And our only loss was a one-point loss to Kansas. But we got to get some of these uh, road wins. Absolutely. Well, I think what the most unfortunate piece of losing or dropping this game at Ohio State was uh, looking at our schedule. We don't have any of these marquee games left to make a statement, you know, whether it be on the road. They're just they're a bunch of meh games, you know, really. There's there's no more statements to be made. Tyler. You're right. I mean, that was probably our biggest opponent left. But what I will say is I've been reading a lot on Twitter today about not having that marquee win. And and I and that's definitely could come into play with the bubble. And that's why I think we need to have a really strong finish. But if you look at our finish, we have Maryland, Indiana, and Penn State. Those are three of the teams that we'll be competing with for that last spot. You know, last week, Carter came on. It was an awesome interview talking to him about the team. And, you know, he thought five teams were going to make the tournament from the Big Ten. Um, you know, possibly six. If you look at that, if we can handle our business at home and take a couple on the road, I, I think we'll be in a really good spot to be that fifth team in the Big Ten. Uh, and especially when you're going to compete against those teams, I, I find it hard that the committee would keep out, would not at least take five teams from conference, if not six. So I think there's still a lot of wins to be had uh, wrapping up the rest of the year. True that. Derek? Oh, you're right. I mean, and our schedule is now doable from here from here on out. So I understand where the marquee wins are coming in. Maybe Michigan could be that marquee win. I don't know if that's a great win, but that's not a bad win. And you beat them by 20 points. I mean, you destroyed them. Right so, I, I mean, point, I think it point. could be considered that marquee win. But well, I think right now Husker fans are all rooting for the Wolverines down the stretch. I mean, I think we want Michigan to be that third best team in the Big Ten. And look, so that win's even more impressive. Well, there's a lot of Nebraska ball to be had over here the next uh, week. You know, uh, at Ruggers tomorrow night, uh, this weekend, we host Iowa. And then uh, we have Wisconsin again coming up on the 29th. So it's a it's going to be a little Nebraska ball marathon. Uh Let's, let's move on to junior college players ready to make an impact. Uh, right now, we have five uh, JC commits uh, or signees. Uh, let's just take a look at the possibility of these guys making an impact in their first year. Uh, the first one, let's talk about running back Greg Bell. Tyler, what do you see out of Greg Bell? You know, he was a highly regarded Juco back. Um, you know, I think our running back position is maybe besides quarterback going to be our most intriguing spring ball next, uh, this year. I, I don't know what 
Frost is going to do. Um, Trey Bryant's knees, we don't know. Will Bond has been so hot and cold his career. Zigbo doesn't seem to fit. Greg Bill could be a guy that could play, but I also think those three guys all have talent. I, 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 I think Greg Bill will get a shot, and that doesn't even go into Jalen Bradley, who um, definitely has shown flashes, um, in-state guy. He really seems like he could fit. I think a running back is pretty full. Um, I think Bell will get some reps. I just don't know if we'll see a huge impact from him this fall. What do you see out of Bell, Derek? You know, I don't know. I, I, I agree with everything Tyler said. I think this guy probably has – one of the best chances to make the biggest impact coming in from junior college. The guy did run 1,187 yards and seven touchdowns last year in junior college. He averaged six and a half yards a carry. I get it's junior college, so you can't really judge too much of what he's going to do in D1. But after watching his highlight film, the guy looks, he's quick, hits a hole fast, gets to the edge pretty quick. It's kind of jukey. I mean, he, he kind of gets out there a little bit. Yeah, I think Trey Bryant, that's the biggest question mark uh, as far as his health goes. Uh, if there's any health issues there, I think Greg Bell, he's a lock for significant playing time. Uh, as far as the Zigbo, yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming from, Tyler, on his fit for the Scott Frost offense. And as far as uh, Brad, uh uh, Will Bond goes. What scares me is it took him three years in a Riley offense just to prove that he could even play. You know, learning the playbook is the biggest thing for me with uh, Will Bond. I think Bradley, I think he'll be a good fit. But overall, I think, you know, I think Greg Bell, he can make a significant impact. And it'll be even more if uh, Trey Bryant comes in. Uh, let's talk about Will Honus inside linebacker. Derek. This is the other guy to me that has probably the biggest chance to make a big impact. Uh, the guy was just really, really good in, in junior college. And a lot of the reason he ended up going to junior college is he blew his knee out as a senior in high school and didn't really receive many offers after he blew his knee out. Uh, the guy had 96 tackles, three sacks, and two interceptions last year. Uh, I like I, the guy. I think the guy, he's just all over the field if you watch his highlights. Uh, he, I think he could definitely make a pretty big impact in a linebacking crew that wasn't very impressive last year to begin with. Tyler? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he is the most impressive Juco when you watch the film. I mean, the guy definitely plays off the screen. He looks the part. Um, you know, he, he is going to be in a battle. I mean, Diedrich Young's coming back. Um, he started last year. I would assume he's going to be in a position to start this year. And then that other linebacker spot is going to be between Barry and avery roberts and then uh, honus i think all four of those guys will get sufficient playing time this year um i i don't know if honus will end up starting i like avery roberts coming out of high school i question his development his freshman year he may should have redshirted last year but i think this year with that little bit of playing time and the athleticism he'll fit really well into this defense uh i but i i'm with you derek i think Onus is the guy. He's the number one Juco in my book that we pulled in. Uh, I, I'm looking for him to contribute in a big way this fall. I agree. And Tyler, I want to ask you, was Diedrich Young, was he really a uh, an impact guy? Was he a playmaker last year? No, no I, but I would also argue who was an impact guy last year. 
I mean, we, we had a pretty rough year. I, I think he played fine. I mean, I, he wasn't a weak link to me. Um, you know, he, he has shown flashes throughout his career of good talent. I, I just think having a guy who's a three-year starter to up and his seat as a starting linebacker is a little much to ask. Well, did, you know, we lost, what, Chris Weber? That's the only inside guy that we lost yes. last year. And, uh, yeah. And, and you know what, Onus, you know, or Roberts, both of those guys could potentially translate, or especially Roberts, to an outside backer. I mean, I mean, those guys are still young. Um, like I said, Avery Roberts especially, I think there's some great athleticism from high school with him, his speed. He is a guy that could translate to an outside backer if they need him to. Um, I just, I think Avery Roberts is going to find his way into the role uh, of a starter or main player this season. All right, let's move on to safety, Dante Williams. Tyler, what are your thoughts on him? Um, you know, th- this is the Juco. I think he adds great depth. Um, I-, I like our safeties coming in this year, led by Reed and Aaron Williams. Um, I-, I find it very improbable that he's going to take one of those spots away. Um, and I-, I so at the end of the day, I think he's at backup at best, but I also like our depth there. I mean, this is a guy... He, he's the guy that I think would be most concerning. But again, these JUCOs, they're all coming in, and they're really unknown quantities at this point. And, you know, nothing would shock me, but him getting sufficient playing time would be the biggest shocker of any of the JUCOs. Derek? Absolutely agree. Uh, you know, this this guy was a big recruit coming out of high school. He, uh, he actually committed to Florida twice, and both times he committed to him between junior college and out of high school. Their, co- their coaching staff got fired, <laughs> so he ended up decommitting. Uh, you know, the guy had offers from Florida, Georgia, Auburn, Louisville, LSU, Miami, Notre Dame, UCLA. I mean, that's, a, that's a pretty good uh, offer list right there. And that's just the big names. I didn't go over some of the other ones. Uh, his grades were an issue, though, so that's a little concerning. You know, can he stay eligible long enough to play? But I guess you did your due diligence playing in junior college, and we'll see what happens. I, I don't know if I see him being a huge impact player with all the with, that, with as many defensive backs we have. But he's very versatile, so that helps him a lot. Well, if we do see him on the field a lot, a lot, that's going to be a testament to his work ethic because he is buried. There's a lot of talent at that safety position, so if we do see him, good for him. Okay, so the last category here, we got a couple of wide receivers, Mike Williams and Jerron Woodyard. Derek, what do you see out of these guys? You know, this is probably where we where we had our biggest issue for depth. You, you may see him get the field. I, I don't know if we're going to see him a lot. I still think they're probably going to be behind maybe, you know, uh, Stanley Morgan, J.D. Spielman. Maybe even Tyjon Lindsay. I, I, I think the uh, behind the starters though, you'll probably see him come in for some backup roles. Uh, Tyler, yeah, I, I think these guys are going to see the field a lot. And Derek, I'm not disagreeing with you where where they're in depth, but I think the difference with these positions, this was a JUCO get that we needed. Um, the previous coaching staff or staffs, for that matter, I think they whiffed on a lot of wide receiver. I, I like Tyjon Lindsay. He, you know, in the history of Nebraska football, or at least modern history, he's the seventh best recruit we ever got in. 
his freshman year wasn't the greatest, but he was injured a lot his senior year. I would look for him to rebound quite a bit. Um, you know, McQuitty last year was injured. I would see him coming back, but, um, you know, we have Spielman and Morgan as the top two guys. Lindsay's in there for that third spot. But I think other than that, you're going to see Woodard, uh, especially Woodyard, uh, compete mainly for that third spot with Lindsay. Uh, Juco was needed. We need to be six, seven wide receivers in that rotation. That that was a huge weakness last year. And then Scott Frost's offense was this quick pace. Um, we're going to need to see a lot of these guys go. And both of these guys have speed. Um, you know, NU speed is going to be a thing. You know, you look at the where Frost is taking football. These two guys definitely represent where we're going. They're fast. They're athletic. They're going to come in, and we might shock the Big Ten with some of the speed we have between those two, Spielman and Lindsey. Uh, it's going to be really awesome to watch. Tyler, I think it's funny. You know, you're talking about the coaching staff on how they, uh, you know, didn't do much of a service for the wide receiver, and you didn't say it by name, but what was the love affair with Keith Williams? I mean, we have like three guys here uh, that are on the depth chart here that he brought in. I mean, I guess you can count his son, but you know, for transferring here, but he's he hasn't proven to be a playmaker yet. Uh, what's the love affair, Tyler? Well, I, I think there was a couple of things. I think you look at his pedigree of a couple of guys in the NFL that really talk highly of him. Uh, Devonte Adams being one of them. Um, he just got a big contract with the Packers. Uh, you look at Brandon Cooks, who played for him, who's uh, playing in the Super Bowl this week. I think he has a good NFL pedigree, and I think you look at what he was doing here with recruiting. He whiffed a hundred percent, but I think you look at guys that he had committed. There was a lot of upside there. Um, you know, we saw guys like Keyshawn Johnson not come back uh, partially because he left. Uh, uh, Moore didn't end up committing. I, th- I think there was a lot to like about him. I, I liked him. But I think the strategy of the coaches and not having good backup plans um, really, really cost us right now when you look at the wide receiver. And that's uh, kudos to Scott Frost for addressing that with the JUCOs. Um, you know, you look at those other JUCOs, we've been talking about them. You know, when you look at junior college players, one of the things you look for is the guys that are going to come in and fill holes. And besides wide receiver, I think the rest of them, um, yeah, they could play. They can make impacts, but I think the wide receivers are the positions that we really need to plug holes, and we need these JUCOs to come in and play right away. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, Derek, out of looking at the five guys that we mentioned, who do you think has the best chance to see the field out of all five or to be a key contributor? To be a key contributor? I, I think Will Honus probably at the end of the day. Dad, are you sticking with the wide receivers? Yeah, I'm going to, you know, if, if I was going to say at the end of the year, if you told me today I had to bet on someone, um, a number of snaps they're going to see or an overall pack, I think Woodyard would be the guy I'd look at. But I will tell you, well, I'm with you, Derek. I think Will Hannes is the most talented of all the JUCOs. Um, I just think he's in a position that we could actually look pretty good um, from a starting standpoint. Uh, and middle backer, I, I don't know. God, is he going to be the fourth line, middle linebacker in? That's a possibility. I mean, I think there's a lot to be told, but I I, I, I will say that, Derek, that's a pretty good pick because I think he is probably the most talented of the JUCOs. Well, let's move on to our poll question on Twitter. Poll question on Twitter. Uh, this week we asked which former coordinator gets a coaching job first. Danny Langstorff or Bob Diaco? 
Uh, Derek, how did you answer this one? Oh, Bobby D. I think he's probably got the better shot. I, I know his oh. defense looked really bad, but I mean, it was, a, it was really kind of a transition year at Nebraska. I think overall he has the better resume to, to for somebody to pick him up. Uh, Langsdorf, I mean, he had three three years at Nebraska and never did anything to impress me. I mean, you can damn him for what he did at Nebraska, for what Bob Diaco did at Nebraska for one year, but when you're transitioning from a 4-3 to a 3-4, it's hard to do, and I don't know that you can judge him off that one year. The guy played in a national championship at Notre Dame. I just Overall, I think he's got the better resume to, to, for somebody to pick him up. Tyler? Yeah, I went with Bob Diaco, too. I, I think that... You know, I don't think he'll be on the coaching circuit this year, and I, I don't know where his future lies. Um, he's a little hard-headed, you know, and head coaching is definitely on his playbook. But I think, Derek, you hit it up the nail on the head. The guy has a pedigree. He's had success in his career. If anything, he could go back to being a positional coach at a major college, if not a D coordinator at a small school. Um, Langsdorth, I, I think the guy got to go back to the NFL as a QB coach. Um and or I, I just I don't know where he's going to land. I mean, the, he didn't have the greatest college pedigree coming in. Not very mediocre time at Nebraska. I don't know if I'm as down on him as you are, Derek, but mediocre nonetheless at best and no real pedigree beforehand. I, I think you're really going to look at the guy and say he's going to have a hard time getting a D1 program, take a shot at him at coordinator. Diaco, I could see that still. I went with Langsdorf just because, you know, he's got that NFL pedigree, which people tend to like. I think he's going to get a coaching job first. Uh, as far as Bob Diaco goes, did anybody know that Bob Diaco was this batshit crazy and a shitty communicator before he came to Nebraska? Was that known? I mean, maybe uh, the Connecticut fans knew that. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really follow UConn football. I'm, I'm but guessing Notre Dame probably knew. This That guy, he was... It was a loose cannon. He was just, he was out of control. And as far as, you know, his resume goes, you know, his Connecticut re- resume isn't exactly, you know, stellar. That's not something to hang your hat on. And what he did at Nebraska, he broke a lot of records for the wrong damn reason. And so you look at the what the product that he put out there at Nebraska, that, I don't know, but between that his batshit crazy tendencies, his lack of communication. I don't know how many people are going to be like, oh, yeah, let's bring that guy in. But. Yeah, but J- Justin, I, I actually disagree. I mean, I, I think that you, you're you looking at what he did in Nebraska in a one-year snapshot. I think we were all excited about Diaco uh, for a reason. I think you're completely wrong that no school will give him a shot. Is it going to be a Power 5 school? Probably not. The guy's million-dollar Bob, like you like to call him. I mean... He could probably sit out a year, but I think Langsdorf, who unless back to the pros as a QB coach or some program, I just I don't see anyone giving him the keys as an offensive coordinator. Well, true. Well, you know, uh, we have rema- uh, some other coaches, remaining coaches from the previous staff without jobs. Keith Williams, which we talked about, Reggie Davis, John Perella, and Tavita Thompson. Uh, what do you guys think about the prospects for those guys? Derek? Uh, luckily for all these guys, they've added this 10th assistant to all the schools, so there's a lot of job openings right now. 
Uh, if I was to go after one of them, I'd probably go after either Perella or Keith Williams. I think Keith Williams is probably a little bit bigger a name than Perella, so probably have to lean towards him. His recruiting is a little bit better. He is known for by a lot of the NFL scouts and, and the NFL players, but I don't know. That's, that's tough. Tyler? I, I think Perella, and I bless him for his time in Nebraska, I think he's going down to one double A. Uh, I mean, the guy, he didn't get a job on this staff. I, I don't know if another program is going to take a shot on him. Our D-line really wasn't great last year. Um, I like John Perella. I, would, I, I wish him well. I hope he gets a shot. I just don't see it. Keith Williams is clearly the answer. The guy... You know, I think is a big name guy. He is a really good shot to get a power five guy. And I also like Reggie Davis. I think our running backs, I saw some development, especially when you look at Terrell Newby's senior year. Um, Trey Bryant developed pretty well under him. Um, it really showed flashes until the injury. I, I, I like Reggie Davis. I think he'll get a job. Um, I, I It may not be this year, may not be a power five, but Keith Williams is the power five guy. I'm shocked that Texas A&M hasn't already hired him. As far as Keith Williams goes, I'm wondering if he just wants to sit back and just watch Kean finish his senior year in Lincoln. Uh, but I do agree. I think he's he's going to get a job. You know, I, I kind of critical, but uh, I think he's going to be the guy. John Perella, I, I agree with you, Tyler. He, you know, uh, he came from what a Division two school before Nebraska. He'll probably be at a lower level, but I did like him. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I will say I have a conspiracy theory. I think Troy Walters is maybe a one-year wonder at Nebraska. I think he wants to be a head coach. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Keith Williams, that theory of him hanging around, watching his school take a year off, I wouldn't be shocked to see Keith Williams pop back up as a Nebraska coach down the road, um, especially if Walters leaves after a year like a lot of people think. Um, I, 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 re- I, I think Keith Williams could emerge as a – future Nebraska coach down the road. Interesting. You you heard it here first on the Cuzcast. <laughs> like my, my theory of the day. I think he takes a year off if AM doesn't pick him up and he he could be looked at as a future assistant. All right. Derek, you have anything to add? I think that's pretty far fetched, but you know the the only other thing I'll add is uh, as far as uh, coordinators go, the one thing I will say about Langsdorf having a better shot than Diaco is there are still five schools out there looking for offensive coordinators in power five and only three defensive coordinators. So, I mean, there's more openings for, for Langsdorf. I just don't like his offense. I don't see him getting a job. Uh, well, crazier shit has happened. All right, guys. Uh, good show. Let's get out of here. Uh, be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. You can find all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes. Make sure you check out HuskerHype.com for all the latest in Husker news. Mm-hmm. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. And as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. Third.